what's going on. Okay, anyway, let's start here at Numbers chapter 7. This is where we, uh, where we left off. And now remember, um, uh, excuse me, not that, but let's see, here we go. There we go. All right. Just a quick recap so you know where we're at. Genesis, creation, obviously, and then it winds up after Noah's flood. You know, then you've got Noah starts all over again. The math works. The places work. The, I mean, it's amazing. You go up Green Mountain here. You can look on the side of the road and look at those rocks and stuff. That's not layers and layers of millions of years. That's sedimentary rock. It's laid down by sand and water. Okay, you can... But anyway, people can try to tell you different. But anyway, but this is our history. And then at the end of Exodus, they were in where? They were in Egypt. Exodus means exit. So what happened? They got out from underneath Pharaoh. Okay. The rest of Exodus, half of it, the last half was the design of the tabernacle. Okay. It wasn't like, you know, we need us the church. No, it wasn't. It was you build it this way or else. Wow. Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, they haven't left Sinai yet at the end of Exodus. You can read the last sentence, and it says the tabernacle's finished. Okay, all right. Leviticus was how the Levites, that's the, that's the, well, uh, the priest group. It's actually what, not, I can't really say priest because it was the sons of Levi. They assisted the priest. Only they were. Remember, we found out in Numbers, the Levites weren't supposed to go to war. And it's false and wrong to believe that it was because they had a problem killing. That's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. Oh, wow. <clears throat> the Lord's a mighty warrior, and that wasn't it. Praise the Lord. Because the Levites, they had a group called the Army of God when David was king, and it was called the Fighting Priest. Okay, all right. But anyway, now, that puts us into Numbers. And remember when we started Numbers, this is very interesting. I'm going to hit it right here. Uh, numbers chapter 1. Oh, let's catch up just a second. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Take a census of all 20-year-olds who are able to go to war. Now, if we ta- now listen, we, we're doing this, or well, we have been doing it every week. How long do you think it's going to... There's 34 chapters in Numbers. Isn't that right? Let's look now. See how long it would take us forever to get through this. There's only 52 weeks in a year. We're going to stretch out a story that long? For crying out loud, they don't do that in school. Mm-mm, we're going to take calculus. Oh, my gosh, you always flip ahead and go, oh, no. You're like, oh, my goodness. You're flying, buddy. You're moving through. And they expect you to catch it, or you got to drop out the class. Well, the Lord expects us. This is just a little bit of history. It's so simple. Okay. Now, take a census. Now, remember, where are they going? They are 11 days away from the promised land, and they are going to kick everybody's tail when they get there. God already told them they were. This is their land. I'm running out the Jebusites, Canaanites, the Perizzites. You know, you got the whole list, you know, the Hittites. All right, they were supposed to go to war. All right, now, we went into chapter 2 a little bit and chapter 3, some more information about the Levites, what they were supposed to do. Remember, all the camps in order, the diff- who was going to march first and all this, very structured. Remember, all the way at the tail end of chapter 2 was... Uh, Let's see, the t- it was chapter 2? No, it's chapter 1, excuse me. The tail end of chapter 1 was why the Levites were camped around. Notice that. The Levites' tents were clustered around the tabernacle as a wall between the people of Israel and God's wrath to protect them from his fierce anger against his sins. Now, you got to understand, the Lord's trying to live among the, his people right now. This, this, and remember, 
the tabernacle, make it the way I said. Because the book of Hebrews, we see Paul writing about it, saying that Moses was told to build it this way because it was a copy of the heavenly one. Okay, and that's where Jesus took his blood, went in there. But anyway, let's keep moving. All right, now, that got us all the way to... Uh, now, remember, we're fixing to go to the promised land. and We stretched it out over... You know, it took me one weekend, was here, and last week we went five, we went five and six. Uh, so we're going to pick up in chapter seven. All right, remember, there was no such thing as chapters. It was just one long story. So here we go. The Moses anointed and sanctified each part. Uh, let me close this down. Each part of the tabernacle. Remember, it's a tent structure. I, I, I wish I could. You can just Google it real quick. Or if you want to look on your phone, you can see it. It was just a big fence around it. Oh, uh, and then it had a tarp over the top of it, you know, made a certain way. Very colorful. I call it the LSU colors. I ain't too fond of that, but that's what they wanted. You know, no, that's what the Lord wanted. Okay. Anyway, Moses anointed and sanctified each part of the tabernacle. Now, what's all that for? Again, this is to be make it holy because God's going to be there. Matter of fact, he is, including the altar and its utensils. He finished on the day he finished setting it up. So we can see these are time frames. Then the leaders of Israel, the chief of the tribes, many who had organized the census. What was that? Remember that? Oh, everybody can go to war, take a count. And they also counted all the Levites. Remember that? There was, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, whatever the count was, there was 200 extra of the normal uh, firstborns. Anyway, remember the story. Okay, so they notice this. These, these tribe guys they or, that organized, they brought their offerings. They brought six covered wagons, each drawn by two oxen, a wagon for every two liters and an ox for each one. They presented them to the Lord in front of the tabernacle. Now think just a minute. A lot of times we think these people, when they left Israel, I mean, they left Egypt, they were barefoot and whatever. No, they stripped Egypt. They took their gold. They took their Cadillacs. They had their Mercedes Benz. They had it all. That's another reason Pharaoh was so hacked off. And he said, what did we do after he got over his kid being killed? They said, we're not letting these guys. And they chased after him, and they, boom, got killed in the ocean out there. Pharaoh did. The Lord said, accept their gifts. Now, remember, notice this. The Lord told Moses, you've got to make sure you get this. Don't let anybody fool you or, or have thoughts going, well, I guess it was sort of, you know, man back then, and man, and, you know, and uh, Buddha, and all these. Uh, you, skip all that. This is the Lord. These things track, you know. It'll throw you off course. If you begin, see, look, Jesus himself, when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, he brings these stories to life. Matter of fact, when he told Nicodemus that night, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, see, that happens in about five more chapters from here. Snakes were biting people, and they were dying. And that's right before John 3, 16. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Well, then, well, see, Jesus was there. He knew. Okay. All right, accept their gifts, the Lord. Now, the Lord, he's, that's Jesus. There's nobody different. There's nobody different. Oh, that's the reason I keep saying Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses appeared. Woo! Hey, they've been in touch. Abraham been in touch. That's the reason Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. And he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. <laughs> Abraham's dead. When you're dead, you're not dead. You're still alive. You just pass out. Absent from the body. Present with the Lord, the scripture says. Wow. Then you have the story about the rich man that died in Luke 16, or whatever, remember that? And then Lazarus. Lazarus, when he died, his body wasn't carried by the angels. He was carried. Praise the Lord. So when it's lights out for you and me, it, it won't be lights out. 
Paul described it in Philippians in a letter. He just assumes we all believe this. He says, boy, I don't know whether to go on or to stay. For to stay, it would be far better. And we think today, oh my God, we died. See, I would too if I didn't trust the scriptures. I don't have any proof other than the scriptures. But to me, that's proof. Plus, they can't find the Lord's body. That'd been so easy. I mean, that's, that's so indicting. He just died. We could just say, yeah, he rose again. Yeah, right. Well, what's funny is his followers were scared. So it doesn't make sense. You know, if you, if you go back and look, see, they, they tried to say in Matthew, uh, they paid money to the Roman soldiers to say, well, say the, say the disciples came at night and stole away his body. You know, say that. And we'll keep you safe from, you know, from uh, Pharaoh. Not, who, who is it? Not Caesar, but from Pilate. Pilate, we'll keep you safe. When Pilate here, we won't have you, we'll make sure you don't get killed over this. It'll just be our little deal. But the disciples were too chicken. Why would they try to pull off something like that? But it certainly makes sense that they would be yakking their heads off when they saw Jesus resurrected. You couldn't shut them up. They were like, oh, I saw him. <laughs> Remember Thomas said, I will not believe unless I see the nail prints in his hands and thrust my hand in his side. Gross. And Jesus showed up. And he said, and he called him out, Thomas. Well, they didn't have to say, Jesus, we got to tell you about Thomas. Jesus already knew, and he knows everything about you. Remember of uh, Nathaniel? He says, here's an Israelite with whom is no guile. Nathaniel says, how do you know me? John chapter 1. He said, I saw you underneath the fig tree. <laughs> Something was going on. Only nobody but you would have known. Okay, so anyway, he said, accept their offerings. And so they came with all these wagons. Now they're brought by, um, uh, he said, give them to the Gershon division and used the four wagons. Eight oxen were given to the Mariar division under the leadership of Ithamar, Aaron's son. This is Numbers chapter 7. None of the wagons or teams were given to the Kohath division. Now if you think a minute, you'll go, oh, I know why, I know why. For they were required to carry the portion of the tabernacle on their shoulder. They had the ark. Now it was covered, but they were going to walk with it with the carrying poles. The Lord said to Moses, uh, let each of them bring a gift, his gift on a different day for the dedication of the altar. So we have just got the altar up and going. The tabernacle, bring these gifts. So Nashon, the son of Amenadab, the tribe of Judah, brought his gifts the first day. It consisted of a silver platter. Now this is going to get repetitive because they're all going to do the same thing. So we're going to skip a little bit here, but let's watch it. It weighed three pounds, silver bowl, about two pounds, both filled with grains of fine flour mixed with oil. He also brought a tiny gold box of incense, weighed about four ounces. He brought a young bull, a ram, a male yearling uh, lamb as a burnt offering, a male goat for a sin offering. Well, who blew it? Remember, because we exist, we blew it. That's the reason God, when he starts talking about holiness, it's because we're not holy. It's just, we just are sin. But something happened when Jesus died. Well, he wiped it all out for us. So anyway, the peace offering and the two rams, five rams, five male goats, five yearly. Next came this guy, Nathaniel, the son of the tribe of, notice the tribe of Issachar. Remember, there's 12 tribes. Uh, he brought his gifts. They were, look at it, exactly the same as the previous day. So we're going to speed on. Notice, just hit the high point here, the tribe of Zebulun. There we go. And then here's the tribe of Reuben. Uh, here's the tribe of Simeon. These are the same gifts. Now we know this happened. Okay, the next day was, uh, there's the tribe of Gad. Here's the tribe of Ephraim. That was Joseph's two sons. You know, Joseph, coat of many colors. Uh, there's Manasseh. That's his other son. Same offerings. Uh, notice we got names. We got names of these people really indicting themselves if this wasn't so. Uh, there's Benjamin. 
Uh, let's see, and here's the last one, Dan. Well, we still got the tribe of Asher. Same thing, same thing, same thing. And Naphtali, there we go. Here we go. Now watch this. Now this is interesting. So the day the altar was anointed, it was dedicated by these gifts of the chiefs of the tribes of Israel. Their combined offering were 12 silver platters. Okay, 12 tribes. Oh, got it. 12 silver bowls. Okay, total weight, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 12 gold trays. Okay. For the burnt offerings, they brought... Okay, now this was, this was just going to be a daily uh, gift they just gave here. I mean, it's the first time uh, dedicating. 12 bulls, 12 rams, 12 uh, male goats. For a sin offering, they bought 12 male goats. Anyway, peace offering, 60, 60, 60. Now look at 89. Watch closely. Look at this real quick. When Moses went into the tabernacle... Now wait a minute. When you're reading the scriptures, you'll catch this. You'll go, wait a minute. Aaron couldn't go in there. But once a year. He couldn't go in but once a year. But look what Moses has been doing. That's right. Moses had been going up to Sinai to meet with God. The 70 elders went one day and had, a, had dinner with God. They saw him. Moses has been going in and out by himself. Amazing. When Moses went to the tabernacle to speak with God, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the place of... He's behind the... Where did he get this invite? He always had it. Now remember, he's not a type of Jesus. Oh, please. No, 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 no. Jesus is the type of Jesus right there. Okay, because Moses... In, in another chapter, the people are so mad. We hate this man. We hate it. We hate it. We hate it. And Moses loses it. He says, I'm not their dad. <laughs> he's, in, he's in the tabernacle talking to the Lord. He goes, why did you... And Moses says, why did you just kill me? I cannot take this any longer. You know what God says? Okay. I'm going to take part of the spirit that's on you and put it on all, on all the 12 leaders of the rest of these tribes. Okay. All 12 of them. They started having the... It's funny. You see, what, what happened? Well, it's interesting. They had the ability to prophesy. Oh, what's that? Well, if you're reading the scriptures, you'll know. They were just speaking the wonderful works of God like happened in the book of, uh, in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came. Because one of them... And we'll get to this probably a week after next... One of the guys couldn't make it to the meeting. He was still in his camp. Joshua heard him in there prophesying and said, Moses, hey, so-and-so's prophesying. Tell him to quit. And Moses said, oh, God, I wish everybody was prophesying. Leave him alone. I don't understand this prophecy. Yes, you do. Quit listening to the news. Quit listening to everybody else. Read the Bible yourself and you'll go, I remember that. I remember that. And just remember, it's all a timeline. It's not chopped up and spliced up unless you decide to read your Bible over here one day, over here one day, over here, over here, over here, and just pick out a favorite verse, you know, they that wait upon the Lord. And gee, you'd be better off reading Isaiah and then hitting they that wait upon the Lord, and then you'll get something out of it. Because temptations are going to be, you're not too sure they that wait upon the Lord is going to work for you. Because we've got people going around saying, the Lord has to enlighten that scripture before you can use it. Oh, that's so foolish. No, it's not. It's all yours. Okay. Now, back to this. Number seven of that last verse. Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with God. He heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy, uh, the place of mercy over the ark between the two statues of the guardian angels. What is he doing in there? Well, he was always invited to go in there. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason Aaron was set up was before the was for the people. It was, I mean, it was just to show that that place was not open yet. What we find out in the New Testament. But anyway, 
That's interesting. Now, if we go to the eighth chapter just a moment, oh, let's go straight on to the eighth chapter. Now, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to take this point here right back here. Oh, so Moses went in the tabernacle, but nobody else could go in there. Remember, nobody even could go up the mountain when he was up there because the Lord said, don't have anybody go, otherwise it'll kill them if they get close to that uh, mountain. Now, I want to skip ahead. This is, this is just a little bit of details uh, before uh, they're almost to the promised land. But here we go. This has to do with what we just read. One day, now this, is, this couldn't be but about a week later, if that long. Miriam and Aaron were criticizing Moses because his wife was a Cushite woman. You could say maybe been a black person. Who, who knows? That's what the little note is. From Nigeria, whatever. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he spoken through us? You know, that's how you know about prophesying and stuff. But the Lord heard them. Immediately he summoned. Now these are all brother and sister. Moses and Aaron, their brothers, and sister Miriam. Moses is the youngest. Boy, come here, you three, he commanded. They stood before the Lord. Now Moses was the humblest man on earth. Then the Lord descended in a cloud. Now this has been happening all the time. Oh my goodness. Uh-oh. Stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron, uh, excuse me, Aaron and Miriam stepped forward. Uh-oh. He commanded, and they did. The Lord said, even with a prophet, I would communicate by visions and dreams. Now remember, I'm talking about why Moses could walk right into the hall. Why was he going in that tabernacle? How could he go right in there? But that's not how I communicate with my servant Moses. Now why do we have the details? Because this is ours today. He is completely at home in my house. Now remember, this house is a copy of the original. Moses wasn't going into heaven. With him I speak face to face. He shall even see the very form of God. Oh my goodness. Why were you afraid to crit- Oh, I can see now why I've been scared too. Because Moses, everybody else was not supposed to go in there, but Moses was able to go in there and it didn't kill him. And everything he said was, I found out it wasn't Moses' idea. They just got into this thing. Well, look what happened. Boy, the anger of the Lord grew hot against them. Now notice why they were ang- why he got angry. Because of this. Because one day, you and I were going to get this. And he was trying to show that it could not happen at this point. It couldn't happen. Boy, the Lord was hot. Well, if you remember what happened here. As the cloud moved from the tabernacle, Miriam suddenly became white with leprosy. When Aaron saw this, notice what they did. They cried out to Moses. It's just the three of them. They're not on, that's ah, a reality show. We've got music going. This is leprosy music. <laughs> Hold the cord. They're, this is real life. When I deer hunt, there's no music in the background. I mean, it's ridiculous. Insurance sales music. It's all production. Boy, this was not production. Leprosy. Look what Aaron said. Now, this tells you what was happening, what he saw. He cried out to Moses, Oh, sir, do not punish us for this sin. Well, first off, you earned it. But Aaron knew you could stop it. Today, what do we do? Some, oh, well, I'm just getting, I'm just reaping what I sowed. Oh, yeah. Well, let's stay with the story. For we were fools to do such a thing. Look at, look at what happened to her. Don't let her be, so here's what she looked like, as one dead whose body is half rotted away at birth. Oh, nasty. 
Look what Moses did. Moses didn't say, well, I've always hated my sister and my brother. They deserve this. No, Moses, he jumped on it too. He cried out to the Lord. Look what he says. Heal her, oh God, I beg you. The King James says, heal her now. <sighs> today, what do we do? We've heard today, you hear it on, you know, well, sometimes God heals quickly. Sometimes he, uh, don't listen to people. You should be talking directly to the Lord in the tabernacle of your heart, you know, today. We go straight in there. We should be, we should be fussing just like these guys are. Look what happened. I mean, this is great. She got over it. Where's my mouse? Excuse me. Hang on a second. I don't think I'm part there. All right. Well, anyway, I'll do it over here. All right. Moses cried out to the Lord and said, Heal her now, O God. Oh, I can't do it that way. Let's see it this way. Here we go. Ah. And the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, oh, she would have been banished from the camp uh, for seven days, and then she'd come back. Well, hey, seven days is okay. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so Miriam was excluded from the camp for seven days. Now, wait a minute. I remember last week we studied five and six. Chapter five said all lepers what? Out. They weren't completely out. They were just at the back. They were outside the camp. They were right there. So what they did, she was excluded for the camp for what? Seven days. And the people waited until she was brought back in. Well, she was never going to be brought back in if she wasn't healed. So we already know that. So that's what happened. Afterward, they left Hazron and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Oh, Paran is there. Paran is where they're fixing to go send 12 spies into the promised land and come back with a terrible report. Other than, oh, yeah, it's, it's nice looking and everything, but, uh, oh, oh, we can't take it. Boy, that's, uh, anyway. <clears throat> okay, but I wanted you to see, that's just not going to come back. Jesus, man, come back on it. Let's try this. One more thing. Mouse, come back. That's not, oh, there it goes. Woo, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen, yeah. Okay, all right, so that's what we saw taking place here at the end. Moses, that's the reason, there's no way I could write a book like this to indict myself or to make myself look like a big hot shot. This is, this is true. This, okay, now, I want, so he, Moses went in there by himself. Now I want to go straight to the book of Hebrews just a second, and we're going to stop right here. I'm not going to go any further, but anyway. All right, what are we saying? This is Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews is not a very long book. You can read it real quick, and you should. You should read all these books quickly. If you're not reading them quick enough, I'm just being a school teacher here. Uh, start over again. You're missing it. You're getting drugged out. Read them quickly. Get through them. What we're saying is this. Christ, whose priesthood we have just described, is our high priest. He is in heaven at the place of greatest honor next to God himself. Think about Moses going into that you know, the Holy of Holies, and he's just talking. Wow. He ministers in the temple in heaven, the true place of worship built by the Lord, not by human hands. And every, excuse me, and since every high priest, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 3, is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, Christ must make an offering too. The sacrifice he offers is far better 
than those offered by the earthly priest. But even so, if he were here on earth, he wouldn't be permitted to be a priest. Uh, because down here, so why wouldn't Jesus be? Okay, uh, he wouldn't be permitted to be a priest because down here the priests still follow the old Jewish system of sacrifices. Their work is connected to merely an earthly model, look at that, of the real tabernacle in heaven. Oh, here's Moses. For when Moses was getting ready to build a tabernacle, God warned him to follow exactly the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. Now, wait, why did God warn? Remember, we read in the third chapter, he says, don't let the Kohathites kill themselves. Aaron already lost his two sons because they thought, I got it, I got it, I'll bring a flashlight in there. I know, no, can't bring no flashlights. Follow this specifically because, remember, everybody was worried since we, we've heard this from day one. Remember when Moses saw the burning bush, he thought he was going to get killed. <gasps> Because he had heard traditionally, if you ever see God, it kills you. Well, it does. It just annihilates you. Because we are what? We are sin. Now, you know, you and I, we're born again. We've got righteousness on the inside of us. That's called eternal life. That's where it wouldn't kill us. You could stand next to Jesus right now. It wouldn't kill you. Okay. In his glory. Remember, Peter, James, and John were standing there, and they watched Jesus. Oh, my God. They were punching. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm seeing? Jesus' clothes started glowing. Oh, my goodness. His face was glowing. Moses, when he would go up on the mountain, he would come back down, and his face was glowing. It just energizer bunny was just it was just heating him up. You ever hear those watches? This one here's a good one I got on, and my hand hangs out the window in bright sunshine during the summer, and I go, I look down, and boy, that thing's just it's glowing green, real hot, you know. All right, when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God wanted to follow the exact pattern in the heavenly tabernacle as shown to him. Where we got it on Mount Sinai. Wow, must have happened. Somebody thinks it did. All right, but Christ as a minister in heaven has been rewarded with a far more important work than those who serve under the old laws because the new agreement that he passed on to us from, the, from God contains, look at that, far more wonderful promises. Well, we've been eating a bunch off of these old ones. Boy, you got healing, praise the Lord. You got everything you put your hand to prospers. You got financial stuff. You got health. Wow. Look at verse 7. The old agreement didn't even work. Yeah, if it had, there would have been no reason to have another one replace it. But God found fault with the old one. He said, for in the day, no, the day will come when I'll make a new agreement with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. This new agreement will not be like the old one I gave to their fathers on the day when I took them, see, by hand, led them out of the land of Egypt. Oh, and I, want, I want to tell you this. When you're reading the book of Numbers and when they were told, go back to Red Sea. Oh, well, it's their fault, you know. But you know what? As you read through there, God loves us. And they're a prosperous people too. They started, they tried to go through the land of Moab. Moab wouldn't let them. That's, Moab was Esau's, not Esau, oh, was a, Lot's great-grandkids tribe. Now a huge nation. Well, they wouldn't let them come through there. Well, the Lord took care of them later. So they circled back around, came around the other side. And boy, when they come around the other side, they kicked the king of Og out, Sion. They kicked another king out. And they were already living in these houses and homes. And, and they weren't even in the promised land. It was such a good area, the lower part of the Jordan River. Three tribes said, Moses, uh, we don't want to go to the promised land. We're going to stay here. We like it here. And uh, we just want this land over here. Moses got real hot. He says, well, that's a fine howdy-do. You're not going to go in the promised land. You, you want the wrath of God coming down? And they go, no, 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 no. We, we're going to help you. We're going to go in the promised land and help wipe them out. But we want this land. So praise the Lord. What does that mean? Boy, when they, even, when it, even when it looked like they were in trouble for their sins or whatever, man, they still had some wonderful stuff taking place. 
And he, we find all this in the book of Numbers at the end of that. Okay. All right, anyway, so here we are back at Hebrews nine, Hebrews 8. So he says, when I led them by hand out of Lansby, they did not keep their part of that agreement. So I had to cancel it. But this is the new agreement I'll make with the people of Israel. I'll write my laws in their minds so they'll want to do them without me even telling them. And these laws will be in their hearts. They'll want to obey me. And I'll be their God. Look at that. And they'll be my people. No one, look at this. No one will need to speak to his friend or neighbor or brother saying, you too should know the Lord because everyone, great and small, will, look at that, know me already and I'll be merciful to their wrongdoings and will remember their sins. Notice, merciful to their wrongdoings. You're still going to blow it, okay? We're trying not to, but we're still going to. He said, God speaks of these new promises, this new agreement has taken the place of the old one for the old one is out of date and is now put aside forever. Uh, I, I don't have time to uh, go through all this, but let me get down here to uh, in the ninth chapter. Uh, let's see. Oh, Oh, here we go. Look at verse 24. 9 chapter 4. For Christ entered into heaven himself, remember like Moses did, to appear now before God as our friend. Where have we heard that before? Boy, God was hot at Aaron and Miriam saying, I speak to him face to face. He's welcome in here. He is at home in my house. He, now notice he did this for us. As a, it was not in the earthly place of worship he did this, for that was merely a copy of the real temple in heaven. Nor to offer himself again and again, as the high priest down here offer animal blood in the Holy of Holies. If that had been necessary, he would have had to die again and again and again ever since the world. But no, he came once for all at the end of the age to put away the power of sin forever by dying for us. Now notice the next verse, something we probably heard preached, never heard what I said, but we've heard this one. Just as it is destined that men die once, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Let me preach about that for about an hour and a half. You're all going to hell. Oh. That's not where the verse came from. This is where the verse came from. As it was destined that men die once. Yeah, we're all going to pass away. Then after that, judgment. So Christ died only once as an offering for the sins of many people, and he will come again. Look at this. But he won't come to deal with our sins anymore but not to deal with our sins. Wow. This time he's going to come bringing salvation to all those who are eagerly waiting for him. Now, in chapter 10, let me get to that little punchline right here. Uh, chapter 10. Look at that. There it is. Remember, Numbers, where was it? Numbers chapter 7, the very last verse. Moses went right in there. Look at that. So, dear brothers, sisters too, we may now walk right into the very, there it is, Holy of Holies. We're not, I'm not going in there. Yeah, you can now. Where God is, remember, God said, I speak to him face to face. He's at home here because of the blood of Jesus. This is the fresh and new living way that Christ opened to us. By, look at it, by tearing, there's that curtain. He tore down that curtain. Wow. His earthly body. And let us come right into the holy presence of God. Wow. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Help us piece all this stuff together. We just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, like Miriam, all of a sudden something shows up on our skin or whatever. Well, praise the Lord. We know you're our God, and we also know you're merciful if you forgive. So we're not going to hold on to some sickness or whatever, pain or difficulty in our bodies because we feel like, I guess, judgment's judgment. No, praise the Lord. So we just thank you. You'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Same thing's true financially. 
If we think we're suffering financially because of maybe we're just not on your favorite list, that's baloney, Lord. We belong to you. You're our God. You'll take care of that. Thank you for pouring out your financial blessings all over us. And if it's any other problem, whatever, we know we got the answer. Praise the Lord. We have you. You'll take care of the burdens of our heart. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to act like this stuff is so and leave a trail of what you're doing in our life to help others find Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. We anyway.